Welcome to the Like Mother, Like Son, Like Movies podcast. Um, I'm Aaron, and I'm here with my mother, Lisa. Hello. <laughs> and um, uh, this time we are going to go uh, more deeper into the Italian filmmaker, Paolo Sorrentino. Uh, mainly, we are going to talk about his movie Youth from 2015 with Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel. And numerous other great actors and I think we, maybe we are going to go also later into his uh, miniseries The Young Pope but um, now starting off with the youth um, we talked about Sorrentino earlier um, I think in our very first recording session for our podcast it was the I think the second episode that came out which was about the uh, Grande Bellezza and uh, we my mother has been intensively following Sorrentino ever since a, a great fan a great fan and uh, he wanted to he wanted to tackle the youth especially because you said something that you it was kind of a the nexus point of of your journey into uh, into Sorrentino's uh, films. Yes, I have seen earlier. The first first I saw was um, uh, I I'm not there. Oh, he will. It was this. This must be the place. This must be the place. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Bob Dylan movie that you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm it's very there. similar because they're kind of, a f- go of going off from home and searching what you're doing. So I saw that and I thought, what strange thing. And then La Grande Bellezza didn't comply in any way that movie, that champagne movie. You mean it was like a new level, like something, new style? Yes, yeah, something else completely. And I thought, what's going on with this director? He makes great movies, but mm. not similar at all. And uh, so I was very eager to catch this youth, to finally see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and then I realized, by the way, I realized, not the main point, but uh, that um, he sees... He tells stories of people who are in high high society, like yeah. like who are very rich and have lavish way of living and are famous and so on. So I said, probably he's he knows that surrounding himself. Maybe mm-hmm. so. I thought he probably is not from poor poor surrounding on. Yeah. But, so he knows it, and it's very good that you write. You write. You direct about what you know. Yeah. Of course. So because in in this um, champagne movie, I this must be the this place. Must be the place. <laughs> I, it also says about a very very famous pop 
pop rock star who is very rich and so yeah. on. So it's just doing it's it's about life which I don't know at all and it's really interesting such thing. But also he makes their story always. There's a story which is uh, is for everyone. Mm-hmm. In fact, like he's looking for his history behind. So yeah, yeah. So the and then in like it's also it's about everybody, even if it's high society and rich people. Yeah. So you can identify yourself, and that's very good. And and also he makes them elegant. I love elegance, mm. and uh, mm. and uh, very very well fi- the frames. Every frame of every picture is yeah. every movie is great. And it was a very pleasure. Pe- it was a very peculiar editing style. Like all of his films are like edited the same way. They are like ah, it, which way? It, it kind of flows. There's a certain like three, four massage flow from scene to scene, and there's very like now watching Randebelet and Youth and Young Bob. Uh, I haven't seen This Must Be the Place, but watching those three. You, I, you can kind of start to realize that, like, see the 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 the, the style, the oeuvre in, in some way, like what what is the uh, continuing way of how he frames his films, and it's it's like th- there's there's very few establishing scenes, like uh, maybe compared to something like Martin Sources, who. Who really like you can you can when you watch his films they are like very uh, let's say like Wolf of Wall Street which it's had like very like distinctive scenes that played out and then ah, you move to another scene yeah. and then you move and it's like very kind of like uh, yeah comprehensible and rationally built in a way but uh, Sorrentino kind of has this this style or way of going into his films that it just flows it's like in some ways it feels like it's a one long montage yeah like it just flows from one thing to another and it's it it can be very short scenes after another and and he uses music in a very very personal way that's what i i noticed it's it's very um you can see it clearly In all of these, like he he involves the music in the movie, in, like in you remember this uh, La Grande Bellezza started with the great uh, dancing scene and the party and yeah, it was the disco, we yeah. went this went straight into a music f- f- thing. Also, the editing of the the, the cinematography was very very emerging emerging mm. in that scene. Yeah, yeah, and this um, Sam Ben he was living in his home, but he was a Rock singer, rock star, like and also the music, and here too, I noticed this. Uh, this opened in similar way, like Grande Bellezza, that there was a, a, a big star singing, entertaining this yeah. uh, lazy, lazily living uh, mm. uh, rich people, yeah. who in fact don't need any entertaining because they themselves are creators, and they they are. Better than those who, uh, oh, you can't say better because everyone's good in his own part, mm. but they don't need. Michael Caine was a world famous composer, yeah, mm-hmm. and he don't need any 
entertaining. I think they they he had his paper. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he had this this weird paper, candy paper that he was from rumbling. That was enough for him. Like, I think they mentioned it at some point. Like that is a kind of mediocre performances or something. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just something entertainment. Yeah, it, not so great. It was this Paul Dano. He was important part there, even if it was a side kick, like a side part there. Mm. But he was the one who said about this. Uh, he he performed this robot. It was it was a very clever screenplay in this youth. Mm-hmm. I yeah okay so so yeah, you mean like Paul Dano yeah so he's an actor and he he has made several films but he it's like this ongoing thing that he says that everybody like even though he has made all kind of interesting roles and significant cultural and artistic roles and stuff everybody still remembers him from the ma- most mainstream role which is like a robot or something where he even he was inside some suit where he can you can see face even yeah yeah but it, and it looks like oh what silly people we are but later it point it turns out just opposite it's very cleverly done because he late he takes this paper yeah. crumble and and the guy who comes to ask him for the for the to perform for the queen yeah thinks that he's a sen- senile man who starts to scrap the paper in the middle of a talk. It was in the very beginning. Yeah, it was in the yeah. very beginning, yeah. And uh, so, in fact, he's uh, he, he's doing it for brilliance. Uh, it's yeah. a rhythm. It's a rhythm he's yeah. doing all that. With yeah. the cows he was doing it. So, so uh, and later, again, th- this uh, Miss Universe. Yeah. When she was saying, like a silly thing for Paul Dano, that I saw you as a robot, but later it turned out that it was not, she's not silly at all, she's screaming. So the same same moment. And then comes the little girl who says about the robot. So I realized that Sorrentino wants to show that he's, um, that uh, things are not the way they look. They can be many sided. Yeah. And the whole film is about many-sidedness. Yeah. So what is the film about? The film is about old people mm-hmm. and the young people. Yeah. And it's just called youth. But tell, it, tell what is the plot, what is the story, what is the film about? Uh, there are extremely rich people who are in a hotel in Switzerland on the Alps and they are they have been massaged and it's a kind of a health spa yeah. for extremely rich and famous people where you can go walk naked around and swim and nobody cares what you do yeah. because they are so extremely used to it yeah. and then uh, well Sorrentino took two of those people there which are Two old friends, Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. The other one is a movie director, and the other one is a composer. Yeah. And they have been friends of 30, 40, 50 years. They're very old now. Mm-hmm. And their children are married to each other, daughter and son. So yeah. it's about them, and that, that he picked only those, but uh, it could be, you know. 
anybody. Yeah. And, and then there are the young ones, and I was thinking, what, what is it? What is this film? And I had to see it several times mm-hmm. to understand that it tells what the old know. Old people know, they know, because they have lived. Yeah. And the young don't know because they haven't lived. Mm-hmm. But they have the youth. And the youth is the ruler. Yeah. Because they, also the therapist, they have a therapist even. They have all kind of doctors. So mm-hmm. they have a therapist. And he said to Michael Caine that outside here, when you go out, there is youth. Youth yeah. is waiting for you. Yeah. Because the youth rules. And when he visits his wife, mm-hmm. that's the important part. She's old as him, he, as the husband, but the one who sings, it's made for her this beautiful song, the simple song. Mm-hmm. So no one in his mind can, in he thinks that no one else can sing it except his wife who was young and beautiful and he made it to her. Yeah. So now nobody ever can sing it again. Mm. But in the end, one young woman, beautiful woman, sings it, so the life goes on and he agrees to it because that's the way it goes. Like you, like you have to accept the yes. the, the change, changing of the generations. Like you, you, yeah. like you, you have to give the music to the younger and, and everything. let them continue it. Yeah, you have to give everything to them. The sex making and the, the, the life, you know, the mountain climbing, anything yeah. to do. Then, so exactly what you said, that is all about that movie. Uh-huh, okay, yeah. You have to let it go and forward. Yeah. And you can't, you, you have to find a way to give what you know to the young, Mm-hmm. But you can't tell them what it is. Nobody listens. Yeah. So you just make what you can do is you make your great music, mm-hmm. and they can use it. Yeah. That's what you can give, and the other one can give his films. Yeah. And so on and so on. The mountain climber can give his mountain climbing, and and the strange thing. Ah, or maybe I, I talk too much. What was Mary saying? Well, this fat man who is there, I didn't realize in the, uh, what it is, but later somehow read somewhere that it's Maradona, the football star. Uh-huh. Uh, Spanish, oh, he speaks Spanish. And his time has gone a long time ago because he's really fat now. Yeah, he and he can't anymore <laughs> run. But his, his greatness, is the, that he was once a sports star, the best in the world. And that's his greatness. And he lives on that still. He hasn't given up. And that's, they, they are different. But he, he waits for the, all the time he has to drink this ador- mm. adoration from the people. And he loves to sign his signature. And it's ridiculous because he's not anymore the person. Mm. You can't anymore do anything. So he's, he's kind of a whale lying, a fat whale lying there and just being nothing anymore. So 
I was thinking that what is this for? Because it's so cheap. It looks. I don't need to. I don't care about this Maradona at all from the beginning to the end. So why is he there? So it just seems that he's there to point out this that when you have done something, when your time is past, your fame is there. It's not anymore now. So give up. Do something else. You have to. But if that's all he has, yeah, he can't really do anything else. He's a whale, washed up on this on the shore. Yeah, that's the impossibleness of being. But there is a book of that, on also the film <laughs> of the. I don't remember the name of it, but it's impossible. That's where the human. It's a human. Yeah. So Maranda is not a clever person. He's not uh, <laughs> intelligent. Yeah. He, uh, Harvey Keitel is intelligent. I don't know how how much we can say here about his his uh, fate. <laughs> mm. If he want to give up all the details, but he has his solution in the end. Yeah. And uh, Michael Caine has his solution in the end. But you, you just said it. No, I didn't say what yeah, he did. Ah, oh, it would be Michael Caine. Uh, Harvey Keitel. Or, but you said what Michael Caine did. Yeah, so maybe I you did. can say what Harvey Keitel did. Ah, that he jumped. He jumped? Yeah. Where Where did he, he jump? He jumped from the balcony to his death. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because we don't... He's, he's so good, this Sorrentino. You have, can watch it ten times and you right. find new things. So... Michael Caine didn't move at all. It just was there. The yeah. other one was with him. Harvey yeah. Keitel, they were sitting together and talking about exactly this, that when you are old, what can you do? Yeah. And what is my solution? So Michael Caine said that my solution is to do this and this and this. Yeah. And Harvey Keitel said, no, I don't choose this. I, I, I can't do the film anymore. Yeah. Then he just walked to the balcony and jump. And Michael Caine was left very, very sad, alone, because of his best friend. Yeah. And and all the film, this Harvey Keitel is, uh, he's there in the in the hotel, just in, to make the screenplay for his new film. So they can't find what to do in the end, the ending, how to end the film. And that's what they are doing. And that's not interesting to me at all. But in the end, it proves to be a point. That's also the greatness of Sorrentino, that he proves a point with things which you don't care. Mm -hmm. That in the end, end, when Michael Caine agrees to conduct a song for the Queen and let the young one sing it and go, life goes forward. He's very gracious. This, he remembers, after it's finished, he remembers his friend and last thing we see is his friend. And that's the ending of the film. Mm. How beautiful, how beautiful. He knows how to end the films. It kind of ties the, the strings together. Mm. Wow. Well, and he also makes like this, like the whole film throughout the film is like observing the old and the youth, and he makes this 
comparison and he's like it's kind of like a observation of age in a way like visually I mean like he there's a lot of like for example uh, there's this uh, one uh, massager like this young teenage girl with bracelets uh, brace, braces braces in, in her mouth and he's, she's massaging Michael Caine and they're talking or was it Harvey Caine? I'm thinking Michael Caine Michael Caine and um, there's this like uh, ongoing shot of her uh, playing this game in front of the TV which is like it's with this uh, technology that it like a, it's called Kinect uh, oh. the Xbox or something that it's like you you are you're standing in front of the TV and you uh, the the game there's a character and the character has to dance with certain uh, positions yeah movements yeah movements like you have to dance yeah. and then it tracks you who is in front of the screen and you have to dance the same way uh. so if you do the same way then you are completing the game like you are Ah. You understand? Yeah, yeah. So she's playing this game. Yeah. And what we see mostly is her dancing in front of the TV, this very disco, like very modern, like very, yeah. like I'm making these movements here, but you cannot see it. But and it, like, yeah. Um, and what? Uh, yeah. What do you want to say? No, that, that in the daytime she's doing in reality without the TV the same thing with Michael Caine. No movements here. Only massage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, what I what I'm trying to say is that she's dancing in front of the TV, and then we we and Sorrentino plays it in a very um, like in slow motion, and and it's like uh, see he portrays it as as something very like. A beautiful yeah. ballet. It's like you it's know, beautiful. You know? So yeah. what in a way what he's trying to show and he really underlines this in the end when there is the the Michael Caine has his uh, orchestrated performance of his very old traditional classical orchestral music. It is a very like a historical like you could say the old and then he cuts in the midway to the teenager dancing in front of her TV, this very new, young way of of, of performing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a completely brilliant. different. And, yeah. and he shows, like, in one cut, the, the, the difference of age and, and the difference of time. That's how we came from orchestral uh, compositions to this very complex technological uh, performance of dancing which is not even to an audience it's just for yourself even mm. and it's and it's for a game and it's it's very yeah very interesting way of like comparing these things but that's what he's like doing all the time kind of in the movies he's making these these comparisons and contradictions just like what you said with these characters that mm. that they, they're, they're all the time assuming they're one thing and it's, in the end it's another thing like Paul Dano who is the actor is all the time assuming that uh, that he he looks down a lot on his robot role and that everybody remembers him from that and 
like there's this scene with the little girl who comes and he he assumes that this little girl knows only him from this robot movie like everybody talks like the this universe talks about it. and then the little girl is like no I meant that very very thought provoking intellectual film that you made you know and then he's like wow this little girl knows me from something else mm-hmm. so in the end the young girl is not so stupid as I assumed yeah you know and that's that's partly my problem with Sorrentino is because I watched also youth and I very open to it and stuff but more and more when I'm like when youth is going forward I'm I'm getting kind of like tired of his style in a way like he 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 hammers too much this this uh, visual symbolism and And, and comparisons with each other, But you know, yeah. and and it's in, in a not in a in a for me like there are, there are nice things with it, but then uh, way too many times it's just kind of for me a little bit too pretentious. Ah. It's too too much like like that girl scene with the Paul Day, you know. I just thought that this is this is like a cliche. And what this about the boy in, with the violin and Michael Caine goes to adjust? The little boy is playing his music, and he goes to adjust the hand into right position in the violin. Yeah. Same thing. To me, a little bit too obvious. Ah. Like 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 let's let's take the Miss Universe. The mis- everything about the Miss Universe is way too obvious, mm. way too. I, can't, I don't have another word to say too pretentious. Like there's at least three scenes with Miss Universe. Yeah. There's the first scene, which is the best, and it should have had only that. Ah, where it she comes. Yeah. Where she comes to the hotel, a surprise of her no, winning. No, the very very. Ah, like it, it's like the very first, very first scene. Ah, where she walks. Yeah, so Michael Caine has this dream where he's walking in top of the water yeah. through this path and, and it's like this very narrow path and Miss Universe is coming from the other side and Miss Michael Caine is walking from the other side and they cannot, they have to they stop and pass. They have to make this very careful maneuver to 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 to, <laughs> to get to the other side of each other. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an obvious visual symbolism of old and, old young, and like, young. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> But and then, and then after that, this universe graciously walks, continues her walk wherever she goes, and Michael Caine continues walking. But it's and the, also the water rises, and Michael Caine drowns, and it's night very the end. So yeah, I, I get it. But it's, but it's the earth. also in the same time a woman and man and sex. Yeah, but it, it's like yeah, I get it. Like it's yeah, of course. So yeah, yeah, we we all know. It's mm. obvious, okay. But it it was a nice scene. But then they, he he has to do it like again when they are having a bath and then Miss Universe. Like Harvey Keitel and Michael Caine are having a bath, and then Miss Universe comes in, and there's again young and the old, and they see her as a goddess because she's so beautiful and young. And But there is also in that scene 
Yeah. Seeing Michael Caine says that who is that? Where did she come from? That it's she. He don't actually recognize it's the same woman whom they met when she came. She was not beautiful at all when she came. And where did so it it shows that the the these Miss Universe mm. competitions what they are. Like mm-hmm. suddenly the women are made beautiful and they show their beauty as it's it's but, a lot but that, but in no, it. But that no no but no see but that's the problem with it for me is that if he if he then uses Miss Universe then he's saying that the Miss Universe is the goddess. That that that's the most beautiful woman. But you are now saying that it, when he when he came to the hotel as Miss Universe he couldn't recognize it because it's like fake beauty or it's it's not the real beauty and then when she's in the path in her natural self then it's suddenly more beautiful no it's, it's the same same they, it's they, they display the same body to the world which is, is just the, the body of it and and it's 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 very artificial way of <laughs> talking about beauty and, and and everything and so so it just feels like Like a very artificial discussion about about that 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 sees the representation of the young and beautiful compared to the old, you know, like this universe and everything. I think it also says other things because he has many meanings. It's deeper in that. Mm-hmm. That I think I noticed that when she comes out of the to the water, the naked to swim. Or to be in water, she performs, and Michael Caine does the same in his music. When he comes, he performs. The filmmaker, which is by the way for him maybe more interesting, most interesting, Sorrentino, this Harvey Keitel. So he performs. They all come to blossom when they perform their best. So the girl can change to perform the beauty. You perform the beauty. I think there's more into it, and there's mm. even more for me to think afterwards. See it again, yeah. and they but, but, also have the dialogue. Yeah, dialogues are there's a lot in the dialogues which I can't really handle, like at the time. Yeah. So, but but for uh, I think that's that's the thing about the the. The, the way the difference that way how we see Sorrentino and use is that you you have you kind of shrug off all that you know those those things and you go deeper and you 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 find these deeper connections and more deeper symbolisms and and things maybe because you are more interested you are more immersed that you really like it you you just enjoy it so much that you really you are able to dive in but for me it's like there's this barrier that 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 prevents me to go further because I just everything that I see and I experience is going so much against me and like I I don't see so much in it like the, like that bath scene I don't see that performance thing like okay see so performs but that's for me again just the pretentiousness of it but and, and and just like the the third scene that that when she goes comes to Paul Dano and he sees that he says that oh I enjoyed it you in the robot movie and then Paul Dano just shrugs her off it's very much 
uh, not nice to her and then she turns out to be very intelligent and everything is like again like yeah it's obvious okay she's, she was young yeah. and mm. beautiful and we thought that she's not intelligent but oh it turned out that she's intelligent so it wasn't so yeah. so like it's just it's boring I, I have it's seen boring. this in the yeah. I have seen this kind of writing mm. in the most mediocre TV shows I also you know this is nothing yeah it's excellent. not interesting this no not also the, this uh, Marad Maradin what's his name the football player yeah Maradona yeah. yeah Maradona so also that I thought what is he doing this like I don't care at all at all there are so many things I don't care at all the robot exactly what yeah. you're saying but then there are uh, other things there like when he goes to see the woman the wife in Venice Venice yeah Michael Caine goes to see his wife in Venice first he goes to the graves of uh, Igor Stravinsky mm-hmm was it Igor Stravinsky and the wife it was anyway the great composers he admires and was a friend with and so on so then he goes to the wife and then he tells to the wife who cannot talk at all who is who is mystically yeah. uh, as Denied. a statue statue in one position and like in a photograph we see before we see for before a photograph of her and so on and so on yeah. so so he tells her that we will we have to take care never to tell anyone that this music which I made this was our music of love yeah. as young that's the private thing and so on and so on he makes a big speech which don't ma- didn't make me sense at all in the beginning but later it comes more and more yeah it's it's but, really the people who realize what it. It's very good scene. Yeah, that's a good scene. I, I think also in Clark Grande Belletta there was this Mother Teresa, the old woman, and yeah. always it's a young woman made to be looking old. And I think he does that by purpose because it's all this what he does. These silly things are by purpose, I think. And that was the same in, in this movie where Paul Dano turns out that he. He's preparing for a role, and then he's he's it turns out a big surprise that it's Adolf Hitler, it's so which silly. is also really silly. silly. It's silly. Just, and, and he looks really terrible, and he acts really bad. Mm. Hitler, mm. it's not. It's I mm. thought this is really bad. Really and, the, and, the, and the worst scene in the whole movie where I totally lost my hope is in the end when Harvey Keitel sees all this woman in the meadow. Yeah, it's the, the worst all his scene. history. It, I really, for me, Sorrentino, <laughs> I, 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 I was thinking, Sorrentino, why? This is incredibly bad. Mm. This is. But on the. It is. All, all this is incredibly bad. And I think he does that all. by purpose. And the, the, Michael came before that was on the same field with the cows. But that so was a both, great scene. That was a I good like, scene. I love it. I, but I, I thought it would be bad, but I thought it was great. Yeah, that was wonderful scene. Never seen before. And it's uh, so in critics, many say it's not good. Uh. No? It's in the critics many say of all all kinds of things about this which is not good yeah. so a lot of people everybody has his own idea Sorrentino made a film which is so yeah, many different no, opinions everybody can have about everything their own opinion yeah yeah no I'm not going <laughs> no, no 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 I think you just really enjoy he, him he made us 
a dog like this. No, but I think you just enjoyed it a lot and you really, like I said, you you, you were able to go deeper They and both. really take out the things. Like you, you talk about some, you really dig very deep. Like yeah, you, I you dig. go deeper to find. <laughs> I took a shovel yeah. <laughs> took a spade with me and I dig and dig. <laughs> yeah, until you find that something. Yeah, I love it. I just so, love it. Yeah, so you are prepared yeah, yeah. to yeah. find something. And there are always new things like then I realized only this time I saw it, I saw that both of them saw their own work on the on the meadow. Harvey Keitel is film actors, and this uh, Michael Caine, the, 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 the cows. Pro- the problem with that is that that with Michael Caine there is actual something there because it's it, it's so beautiful the scene because he he listens to the cowbells and the trees and all the ambient which and, is mu- which is music and the silence. Yeah, and because it's part of music, of course, uh, and. Like Arvo Parrot, <laughs> okay. the, the Estonian yeah. composer said once that he composes music in a way that there's first silence and then so, notes uh, sound emerges from the yeah, silence. That's For what, him, what, silence is the baseline. Yeah, you know, some people think music is the noise, but to Arvo Parrot, it's the silence where in which we might hear something. Yeah, you know, but so in a, in a similar way. Michael Caine is sitting there in the in the looking at the meadow, and there is existing noise. There's and he builds music from that. Yeah, that is music. And it's he has to build. paper there. First. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we can actually hear the the compositional like we 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 hear it from his like how he hears it. Hmm. It's actually compositioned. The bells and everything, and, it's and the moon. Yeah, and and I, and, and I, I saw it in the end credits or something. It was actual the composer of composer. the of the of the film actually composed that scene. Yeah, he actually it's a musical composition. But the problem with Harvey Keitel is that there's nothing there. It's a hallucinatory. So it's, he jumped from the balcony. I think Sorrentino jumps from the balcony. <laughs> for that scene (laughs) no way Uh, I think that a person who can do the scene in the meadow with the cows and the music is not making a mistake in this uh, other places I don't give up on this that is Maradona stupidity and all the rest stupidity is not really stupidity yeah it's greatness yeah, and um, I risk my uh, intelligence by saying this, but that's it. No, but and then the uh, uh, if I go to into uh, another thing that they mm-hmm. in several places in this movie they talk about how ma- how uh, did they piss today? Yeah, did they piss today or not? Did the old men trouble with the prostate. Yes. So, uh, so I read in several critics. That that is the silliest thing. It's so boring. Why to hear about old men pissing or not? But I think that's the main point of this whole film. Yeah. Because it's old age. Yeah, it's it's, it's for yeah. them. That's the more interesting yeah. than any performer that can come and perform them a scene. And any, for them, more interesting is if they piss today or not, because it's their life. Yeah. So I think that's. That's not at all irrelevant. Yeah. It's very important. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like about stories about pissing can be very interesting. Char- Charles Bukowski made a whole half of his whole book about pooing, like, and that was fascinating. I, I totally agree. Like it can be very interesting, and it, it, it can be very. It, it, these are the the essentials of life. You know how our body works, and it, uh, how yes. it's very important, and it's part of the old age. Yeah. For me, it's just like for me, it just is. It's a little bit too pretentious to that. It's like again this obviousness. Yeah, they are old. They have problem with pissing stuff, but I feel like it doesn't go, doesn't do anything but the young, so much. But the young, the youth don't know how it feels. <laughs> so now you don't know it until you are old. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But, so but it's, it's easy to say blah. Yeah, but are you now saying that the young people don't understand this film because they are not old? No, uh, everyone can understand and learn from this. So now we come to a really interesting point here. Mm. Is that the way he built some scenes, they were like many scenes. He has the Sorrentino. So he put half and half. He cut the screen, the, movie screen into half and then some people are walking along to the morning bus mm-hmm. you remember and there are several and then Maradona also is in behind the fence which is cut into half and in in colors it's like flags no like in you know and then also the one was that when the very important point in this mm-hmm. film was the levitator this Buddhist monk who in yeah. 30 years wouldn't levitate and then when Michael Caine said you can't levitate I know you can't <laughs> so then he does it he goes up like bird later in like, the film later it's just a separate scene where he just I think it's in the end we see him levitate yeah so um, in Birdman you remember yeah, this, yeah I was yeah, thinking Michael, the same yeah so he made that but um, so they were about the same it was not taken from each other it was separately are you time. sure? Yeah, I'm sure because uh, I, I'm sure I can put my it life on it. Already copied it from Inarito. What about Inarito? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I can put my life on it. So anyway, so then was also half like going yeah. half, and where he likes that, and I like that too. I really love that. I don't know why I love that, and I have to find out why I love that. Maybe I have to think. 30 years before I know but that's something to think about I yeah. know it's it's uh, relevant yeah. for for life why this is half and half and and uh, in uh, did you see it uh, in Young Pope he made this TV series Young Pope in the beginning he walks always in the ev- beginning of every section he walks and it's half and half so what do you mean about this half and half? Like, try to explain. It's it. like a flags, you color. Yeah, but uh, what do you like? That's it. I don't know what it is, and I have to find. And I know it's very interesting to me. So you mean that the character is cut? No, and the, the screen the, is cut into colors, and then the the people walk. Uh, uh, the heads are walking or that. <laughs> because a lot of directors do the character is cut. But he does it in that way. Yeah. It's really interesting. How do you solve this mystery? Of, that he makes it flat. Oh, like, oh, like the layers, or do, oh. do you mean that? So it, it, it feels like it's just like a flat, 
like, composition of elements and he, that there's characters here and there's no depth. He puts two mm-hmm. colors on horizontally on top of each other. Ah. Two colors and then a person before or behind. Ah. Or, or just face. Or so. He uses a lot of, yeah. you can see face. I thought also because you can see the oldness or youngness. But anyway, it's very effective. <laughs> When Jane Fonda comes, we see her like... Ah, yeah. Okay, so that's what you mean. He flattens the the layers in the frame in a way and he creates this kind of like... Yeah, it's like a areas of color and, and or, or... It's luxury somehow. Yeah. You f- I feel it like it's... Really, <laughs> it's it's amazing... What he does, and he draws me to it. He draws yeah. me, d- yeah, yeah, just like that. Is a string <laughs> into his movies. You mean he puts I, a string in your a throat, neck, in yeah, your neck, and he a leash and, and drags me into the movies. That's, <laughs> that's how I feel it, and okay. I can see the silly things, and I can see the, all this. But then I see the fascinating things, and I wait for more. What does he do now? What does he do now? Yeah. And then in the end, he made a brilliant move by ending with the head of. Uh, um, Harvey Keitel and his eyes. Because he was the one who made the movie. Think about that. <laughs> Maybe 20 years you will think about that. And I'm old and having trouble pissing, I will think about this okay, movie. Okay, that's easy to say. That wasn't easy. You made an easy joke. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke. But Maybe but, it's also a joke there. But I, hey, I totally appreciate how, like, I, 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 I have much more appreciation for you to, Because you you were more brave and you dug deeper in, into brave. the symbolism, yeah. And you you told me about uh, this, and, and I, I I kind of agree. Like those things, yeah, very very wise and very interesting things about the movie, and like the how uh, how to kind of uh, to accept the the changing of generation and that you give it for the for the youth and stuff. But also, sort of, you know. The trouble why it's kind of hard, why I'm, it's not only his pretentiousness or his acclaimed, like, um, if he's not, or pretentious or not, I don't know, but, um, anyway, no, that didn't make any sense. I will just cut it. He, he has, like, also problems for me in his storytelling. And this now we can kind of move slowly to young Pope. Um, yeah, if, tell, but one thing I say in the between is that he makes his own screenwriting always. Yes, and okay, something about that. If you if we talk about the screenwriting, you said that he he wrote youth in Italian. The yeah, script. I you have, have the, the book. book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have the book. You have the you 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 got it from the library. Actually, it's a it's you have the book and it's in it- Italian. Yeah. Language mm. and you can read it. Yeah. And uh, he he wrote it first in Italian, and, he, and then it was translated to English. So it was ah, a, yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah, it's Italian, and that's you are right. Now yeah. I realize it. Yeah, but, but so it's his Italian brain. That was the that was something that I now I realized why there was something wrong with the dialogue uh-huh. because it was a translation from Italian. It didn't feel natural. I felt natural. To me, they are just like like in the Grande Bellezza, I didn't realize this. Because it was in Italian, yeah. And when you when they speak in Italian, 
it's it like uh, maybe because I don't understand the language or something. Like many times, like um, if if you we we have been talk about this before. That if you watch like animations or something like like dubbed mm. animation or movie or something like let's say Japanese, and we don't know Japanese, so we don't know if the actors are actually good or not. Yeah. Because we just we don't understand it, and mm. many times they actually say that many many things that the Western people, if they look at Japanese animation or something, they we think that it's quite quite good, but the Japanese audience can often can actually say that no, actually it was quite bad acting oh, and stuff like this, like um, yeah, yeah. And that's the same thing with foreign language movies that you don't understand, like mm. for example, Rakanda Pelletsa. I don't know if they are pronouncing the dialogue right or wrong. To me, it's just Italian. And that's how Italian sounds. So anything they can say in an Italian movie, like let's say Antonioni movies or something, it, it can sound natural because you assume that that's how they speak it. But then I, I feel like when they translate it, when they start talking in youth in English, I can understand it. I can feel the, the unnatural tone in their voice, like how they speak. It's, it's like, to me, it feels like they're stating all the time. Ah, you it's think not so? A, it's not a natural dialogue. That Even they're if they're the other. greatest actors in the world. Michael Caine is a different thing. He can, he, his performance was the most natural. Impeccable. But Rachel Weisz has this one scene where he has this big monologue where he disses his dad. Yeah. Remember in the massage yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I started to get off from that scene because it was so unnatural yeah. how he said it. Mm. Um, just because of the dialogue, not because of the actors. But Michael Caine has, he's a really brilliant actor and he has ability to make anything feel so natural. Yeah. He always plays the same thing, but he feels it like it's, it's, it's the most important thing in that moment. Yeah. That he's feeling. Like You'd the end. to see him anytime. Like the end monologue when he talks to his wife, it's brilliant mm, yeah. for his performance and stuff like this. But, if, if we still have time to talk about young Bob, like I wanted to say that one thing that is kind of troubling for me in his storytelling way is that editing that he does is that like what I told him, that he has a very particular way of editing his movies, that it feels like a flow, a continuous flow from one thing to another, which is not a bad thing. But it start in his movies, it starts feeling like an ongoing montage. And there, there is, uh, like in many times, like there's there's this this like like and and it 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 kind of uh, connects to the music. Like you talked about that he uses these bands and concerts and performances. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the soundtrack. Uh-huh. Like like you you recognized in youth. There's all the time this suddenly this uplifting music. Yeah. And then there's a montage of images mm. like the moment when the monk is levitating and all of this there's this music that is in, yeah. in, in the background mm. and for me like he uses like these small clipses of the music it doesn't start and doesn't end it's just suddenly in the background and it's he's flowing this edit this 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 visuals forward and for mm. me it's it, for me it kind of breaks the the atmosphere. Ah, maybe we can send 
Yeah, you can understand English because we know. Yeah. We have, we've heard you say you make you have English been, you, movies. You directed English-speaking people. Also, Sean, so. yeah, Sean Penn. In yeah. this must be Yeah, it was in America, so for sure mm. it should be like in English. And, and this is like a very weird personal thing, but uh, I was quite pissed off in youth because, and I realized it, he used it in the trailer, Then I was like, oh my god, is this going to be in the movie? And sure enough, it was in the movie. Which is like, why? It's kind of irritating how he uses music in part of his editing like that. It's just these glimpses of little pieces of the music that he doesn't have an establishing like... Like he uses this pop music and like music, mm. like melodical, real music tracks. But just pieces of them. And there's this one moment where he uses this uh, amazing band called uh, Godspeed Your Black Emperor, oh. who is a Canadian uh, uh, post-rock band. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you know, some people don't like to say I this is post-rock. I've never heard about yeah. But there, there are tracks that they do, like their albums. There's like, usually like in one album, there's just four tracks because one track is, one song is like 20 minutes. Ah, okay. And it's instrumental. Yeah. And it's a rock mm. music in a way, mm. in a way, mm. very yeah. atmospheric. And, and, and it's, 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 uh, there's an actual beginning and a middle end and an ending and it tells a story. Mm. And it's a, this long journey that you go into. It's like a, like a, Like an opera. Ah, you think that... You know? Yeah. That in Young Pope there was something like this? No, in youth, he used one track from this band. Okay. But like a minute. Oh. Just for his stupid montage. Ah, uh, no. And I was so... He's I, not to stupid. Me, but, but for me, it's... <laughs> it's like he disgraced the, the ah, band. Ah, okay. You know, like... You, they, that they, their song... Their, so, their whole album and songs of 20 minutes is worth one minute in my movie. Mm. Just for me to have my stupid uplift uh, montage that that doesn't say anything. Okay. Uh, so I was uh, so see I have this trouble ah, with him. A, that I had no idea. <laughs> but it's so personal. Good, so good to hear. It's personal. Yeah. Yeah, but so then if we like if if I if we go into Young Pope, like I really enjoyed Young Pope. Wow, it's a masterpiece. Because, and I, really I could good. say that for so so far, I think this is the, his best thing. I say, young, like like I enjoyed Young Pope. It's the like most. a crown jewel. I see. Yeah, it's, and, it's good. And uh, I see it as a ten. I have to say that <laughs> not to see it in parts. You have to see it all together in ten sections. Ten hours. Success. Yes, ten hours. Success. Marathon. A marathon, and it, it's is a movie. It's not a TV series. It's a movie done in TV serial way. It's it's know, a grand jewel. Do you know that there's a season two possibly coming? Yeah. So it's, it, you think it's like a sequel to this movie? Exactly, so and and a... so I'm not diminishing David Lynch. Because David Lynch is the same with Twin Peaks, and it's as good, wonderful. Both are in their own way. 
no gods like masters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. But I so like I said, I really enjoy Young Pope. Um, but for me, the editing is still a problem. Like it's for me, it's still really hard to enjoy it because of how he edits. Who is his editor? Uh, I don't know. And this text it's in the DVD, it's it's way too small in the DVD. Yeah, to, yeah, because to see. we cannot, we don't know. Yeah, but, but it's not himself. He makes the screenplay. But it's always the, the same. Director. It's always the same editing. So, so I suspect to, that he has. So maybe he has to fire this editor. So and Sorrentino <laughs> send you here message. Can you do something about that? <laughs> because because my mother says that there's so much in his in his uh, concepts and themes that they could maybe come out better if you just had a better editor in your movies. I I take it as a good. <laughs> ah, you, you take it as it is. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any problem. I don't have any problem because I'm just grateful that there's somebody like that. But and and young Bob is a is a really nice. Series. It's about. Um, it's it's all about showing the institution of Vatican. And yes, and it just shows the about politics of God, the Vatican. Yeah, God and if religion. You go into the symbolism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like story wise, like if if somebody's wondering what the hell is this young Bob about, it's of yeah, the stories of course that there is the idea is that okay, let's let's have the idea it's like a Saramago idea or something that okay, what if there is an American thirty something mm. or forty something, thirty five something uh Christian became a Pope and and it's Jude Law and he and, and the whole, uh, that means a picture, beautiful person, and a handsome and, and a charismatic. He's like it's really handsome and charismatic in the, in, in the series, mm. but and or in the movie, as, as you want to point out. Yeah, and and it's all about this, and it's it's, a, it's about the radicalism, like that he he creates a new radical way of handling things, and every, and, and it's a, it's a, again a new, new generational thing of how to explore the religious institution and all of this, and, but but then like what you see in every episode and throughout the film is just the inner politics of Vatican. You know, you get to see the. The world because that's you, extraordinary because you don't see it normally yeah. and you can believe it that it's probably like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i was i was thinking like yeah probably but they were talking about a lot of interviews that they, they had experts from vatican designing their outfits mm-hmm. everything like everything was very carefully done just from from inside people yeah, from yeah. vatican the red know. shoes and uh, yeah. everybody pop really is it's believable yeah but he has an element in his films, this Sorrentino, that he makes a kind of a mystical twist that you can't really place. It's, it's not realistic. So magical realism. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's like the old women in the movies that they're suddenly uh, the, uh, surreal. The, the wife in the youth who is yeah, suddenly yeah. paralyzed in and this mother, statue. Mother Teresa in Grand Place and other things, the flamingos on balcony. And he yeah. makes such things, and young Bob, there's a lot of such things, like miracles. So, but yeah, but it was a dream also, and or I haven't seen it fully. So, oh, but yeah. in the beginning, it he's was doing a, miracles. 
<laughs> yeah, but it can be explained as a coincidence. Or... No, never. <laughs> it's not that the, suddenly the heaven opens. Yeah, but that was a dream. The light. That was a dream. In the I know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think he has. He's doing, and that's that's refreshing, because that's what Lynch was doing also. Kind of a twists. Twists but it, that's more a, surrealism. Yes, but it's he's doing it in his way, and we 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 are glad. Nothing to do with reality. Yeah, nothing. And so, but but no, there's a strange thing that, like, uh, I talk with my sister about this David Lynch Twin Peaks. Yeah. If I just like that. One. So uh, when it was shown in uh, thirty years ago, or twenty yeah. twenty years ago, it was shown. She didn't understand what's going on in that. I think nobody. Nobody could understand. <laughs> what I'm talking about that not to make my sister silly or something, but nobody could understand. <laughs> she was like everybody. And I either not, but I loved it the way it was. And and we talked about it that now we look at it again. The first, see, first. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? First, um not part and not serial, but uh, not the first section. Season. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't know what this so okay. So we we looked again this first season. I think it was ten parts or something, and it yeah. was all clear to us. So yeah. the time passed, and that means that Lynch is a visionary. He knew yeah. already then to show things which are clear, and now we have yeah. grown to it. So. That's a mark of a visionary and a good yeah. storyteller, a good director. So he's doing the same to Sorrentino. Mm. And um, not the same, but Lynch, but uh, different. Okay, I see. I see, yeah. And now the new Twin Peaks is again something surprise and we don't understand it only after 20 years. <laughs> because he's a visionary. Okay, let's yeah. uh, wrap it up a little bit. No, do you oh. have something still you want to say about Young Bo? About what it is? Now you have a uh-huh. chance. It's, it's about... I think it's about God and religion. What it is. Because in, Finland, because in Finland, they in Finland they are notorious in how they translate the titles in Finnish. Mm. They, 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 they change some, them. They, they, it's like they, yeah, they, they make like the Finnish version of the title and they change them. And mm-hmm. for some reason, the offices, uh, they always hire the same person who doesn't know what, what they are doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and they do yeah. awful titles. And for the young Bob, there was also an yes. there amazing... Yes, like, they called it, thinking. in Finnish they call it, young Pope... Devil or saint, which to me it made impossible to watch it in TV. I had to watch it separately in DVD in all the time in English, in English. I because of course he's not a saint or that's not a question, saint or a devil. He's a young Bob with the question of God and religion. Yeah, what the people make a religion. He also in youth. Yeah, people are adoring these uh, great uh, creators, yeah. artists. They are adoring them. And they themselves are just creators. They are bored with anything but their own. But that's that's really well done in Young Pope, I think, is that, that the, how he explores the, the institution and the religion as, as, you know, a god in a, in a way of how, how people need it. 
you know, how people see authority and leader and how they need somebody to lead them and how they, how, how the, how the Vatican and the Catholicism has created this Pope character to lead them and how it's in some ways, how, and that, that it has kind of, uh, have, have come to the point where it's, it's kind of in the, in the cross point of, be, uh, being divine, spiritual, but also political. Yeah. That you cannot have this, this size of an institution of, of a spiritual group that is only about God and about devotion without having also an inner political mechanism to handle it. Yeah. And that, and that, that is something that takes away from it. It's, yeah. it's not spiritual and stuff. And, I, I, I've watched like four episodes of it, so I haven't seen it to the end. Maybe there's a twist. I, robots, aliens, I don't know what's, what's going to happen. But Jude Law, until this time, he's like, kind of, he's an interesting character because he's trying to shake it a little bit. Yeah. In a way, he, because he, yeah, he says it already in the beginning that he doesn't believe. He believes in himself. And stuff. He, he he said it that he he doesn't believe. Let's say that if he doesn't believe in God and he's the Pope, but he's still the one person in the whole institution who is most uh, most concerned about the 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 faith itself. Yeah, and he tries to make it as pure as possible, and other people are trying to make it political. Yeah, and you yeah. said that it he, he wants to he tries to change it a little bit. I think he wants to change it. All together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's a course. point. And yeah. it's, uh, it's worthwhile to see. It's yeah. something, a great experience. Yeah. And to see it in one time more or less. And it's yeah. very recognizable Sorrentino. Yeah. You go inside the lives of, in private rooms of uh, luxury people who yeah. are special, like in society. Yeah. And, I, so and I think it's really well, like really good story or like it, it, there's a lot of interesting stuff to go into in a, about religions and stuff like it's just, mm-hmm. just in a similar way of how we talked about silence yeah. and how it how it tackles also faith and religion and stuff and this also there's interesting comparisons and discussions and questions yeah. in, in young pope so, well done mm, yeah so to the end part I would like to say that I seem to remember that he has done few films, some films before this Grande Bellezza and uh, This Must Be the Place. It was about, I think it was him, about the Prime Minister of Italy, Aldo Moro's death. Yeah. Uh, that's a film which I must see, I must see, and there's been a fate, my fate has been the, not to ever to catch it, but I want to see it. It's really interesting because... It was a, a true story about such things which you can, don't know. Yeah. And he shows it in the film, and it must be a good one, even if it is earlier ones. Yeah. So, it's when you said that this is the rule, ruling, young Pope is about who is ruling and what is ruling and everything. So yeah. also, he, I think his, Sorrentino's, um, Interest is about those who is ruling what and how and yeah. in general. Mm. Very interesting. It starts to get clearer and clearer to me what Sorrentino is all about. Like Scorsese, I realized that it's 
his what is his uh, gender his um, but more of yeah all the movies are about so this one is yeah. about ruling and the relation between the rulers and the ru- being ruled and who's getting the fame and who's getting mm. the money and who's living in poor and but rich he, he, and but nowadays like the last films that he has made he, he has sticked very much in the ruling perspective yeah. very few of the peasants yeah. so to speak yeah. very few especially Grande Pellets I said like it's all about the high ruling society like there's no normal people in that movie mm. But this man, this man who is acting in it, uh, main part, he somehow he's not was not born into a into luxury life. He was writing a book. He was a writer or something, and he rose into that. So you can. It's a kind of a fluctuating situation. Who is? But we we we, but we see his life from the high class. Yeah, we we don't see him as as in the beginning. Yeah, so it doesn't. Yeah, but he has an eye view of his eye view of the both worlds, like he. Yeah, but we don't see that. Sorrentino doesn't tell that story. No, no. So that's all. uh, That's about what we can say about. Sorrentino, this time, and I'm so happy we could talk about this youth. Yeah. So uh, we, I think we have to leave it now here, yeah, and say and go on next time about something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, thank you very much for this discussion. Yeah, and uh, we see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye bye. Hi, it's me, Aaron, the co-host of the Move Podcast. You have been listening to uh, some quick words here at the end. First of all, if you want to know more about our podcast and get some extra material from the episodes, you can visit our website, mothersandmovies.com. Um, if, if you like our podcast, you can share it with your friends. Uh, also, if you want, it would be really nice and help our show if you could trade us on iTunes. The music that you heard in the beginning and now in the background was done by Kevin MacLeod with my additional remixing for our intro track. And uh, the the following episodes, we are going to prepare something uh, really nice uh, treat for you for the upcoming uh, May Day. So uh, be sure to stick around. Yeah, thanks a lot and bye.